Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Song, bro. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. We are Babes on Broad. Back to you for another episode. Episode 15. We're getting up there. We're getting there. Yeah, so hopefully we have a good following. We appreciate you guys. I'm Sam Wilson with my partner, Jesse Town. We are Babes on Broad brought to you by BGN Radio and SB Nation. And then if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Babes on Broad on literally every single social media, basically. Mm-hmm. And then me personally on Twitter and Instagram at samwills 18 and Jess is at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. And her Twitter is at run this town with an E 13. And then also you can wrap the babes on design tree. It's getting close to Christmas, but you should still be able to get an ugly Christmas sweater right in time. So make sure you do that. Wrap the babes. There, there's Cyber Monday sales still going on yeah, until tomorrow. You so you get, was it 20% well, it off? would be when they listen to it. So until tomorrow. Oh yeah, today. Last day today. <laughs> I'm excited because I get paid tomorrow. So I'm there gonna, you go. I got a lot of Christmas presents to order. There you go. Everyone I know, you're only getting babes on broad stuff for Christmas. Sorry. <laughs> perfect it's gift. what everybody It's getting. a perfect gift. Yeah. So make, get it for your friends and family. Make them babes members. Babe squad. Babe squad. Love it. Bang, bang. Okay. So we're going to go through this because there's a lot to talk about, about this ugly, ugly loss. In Miami. I just... I still can't believe it happened. Like, I, I, that, that's not real. I don't understand it at all because, like, there are other factors that besides the obvious ones. Like, I didn't realize until Jamie came back because, like, the Fanatic, they did a trip down there. Right. Jamie said that it was 60 to 70% Eagles fans in that arena. Oh, yeah. And it was so loud they had to do, like, full of Eagles fans... Miami was doing a silent count in their own freaking stadium. Yeah, like when they announced the Miami Dolphins starters, like you could very loudly hear the word sucks after every player <laughs> as you do that is, in like the link or anywhere else. That's nuts. I didn't realize that, that many people traveled, which is props to us because we're cool. But to break it down more, there were a lot of things. My number one, I put it on social media and I had a lot of backlash, which surprised me, but obviously the defense, dude, like what? In the heck. I don't understand how they could play so well against the Seahawks and against the Patriots, then all of a sudden come out here and make the Dolphins look like a GD Super Bowl team. Well, that's one of the most frustrating things because going into this week, like we were worried about the offense and we were like, right, if we can just put up points and get our offense on track, like this is a game you focus on the offense and you get them on track and we start rolling for the rest of the season. Yes. The offense, they did pretty good. They're still, I mean, they weren't perfect, obviously. There's still some things, especially play calling. Drops. Drops, yeah. So, like, 
they're not perfect, but they definitely were better than previous weeks. Yep. And absolutely. then the defense just fell apart. And that's now you're like, do we have to rebuild them? I'm trying like there's not been one game they've been locked in on each other. And yeah, no. Been good on both sides. The only complete game I think that they've played was against Buffalo. Yeah. That was the only one because even against Green Bay, they the defense came up with stops when they needed them, but even then they still weren't playing as well as they did the past couple weeks before this yeah. Miami game. So, like, I think Buffalo is the only really complete game that both on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and I say on both sides of the ball, also including the coaching staff on both sides yeah. of the ball. Um, I think that was probably the best one. And I think the weather also had to dictate some of that, which ended up, you know, playing into our coach's favor uh, for the way that they like to call games. And I think... My my biggest issue really is is the play calling on both sides yeah. of the ball. I was really disappointed in what I went back and saw, not only from, you know, and we talked about this on the Rob Mighty Show, we talked about this on the Madness yesterday, but Jim Schwartz didn't need to make an adjustment at halftime. Like, he made an adjustment for no reason. Like, you don't make an adjustment until what you're doing isn't working. So he stopped going after Ryan Fitzpatrick in the second half for no reason. He, they were all over him in the first mm-hmm. half. And additionally, they, they had, what, 19 carries throughout the game, and they were averaging like 4.8 yards a carry or something ridiculous? Why why stop doing that? There's there's yeah. no reason to stop doing that. And I know a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, how they were up, they were up 28 to 14, and people were like, oh, well, they stopped running the ball after that, which is true, but that is a little bit misleading because they go up 14 points, then the Dolphins go right down and score. So the yeah. next time they get on the field, they're only up by seven so it's a little bit misleading there. I still disagree with the fact that they only ran the ball three times after that. Yeah. Which I think that's well, one even, of the biggest and problems. And it was only seven times in that whole half. So it was only, they ran four times in that touchdown opening drive. Right. To, like to open the half. So it obviously proved to work. I, that is my biggest thing. I don't understand it either because you're leading the game. Why would you keep throwing unless it, they're trying to get the connection there with, the, like that's the only thing I could think of, like mm-hmm. with the receivers and Carson. Because other than that, you're leading. You just want to wind down the clock. What a better way than to run the ball, which you're having success with, against the second worst team run defense in the league. Yeah. Like literally, the only reason I could think of is if it was because the coaches were like, "We need to get a connection between Carson and the receivers, and sure. this is our chance." But even then, that's the only potential logic you could come up with. Yeah, but even but then, I don't even know if that's game, it. No, because later in the game, you'd be like, "Okay, well, like." This isn't the time to practice it. We need to get more points on the board. Let's mm-hmm. go back to what we were doing. You know what I mean? So that's why it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense at all. Also, Rob Lange, my Madness co-host, pointed this out yesterday. What was the point of signing Jay Ajayi if they weren't going to use him? Well, dude, that was the same thing. What is the point of signing Jordan Matthews if you're going to release him two weeks after? That's just sad at that point. Yeah, I just, like, I, that one I was like, I'm going to do this to the man. He's, okay, Jay Ajayi has been an eagle for what? This was the third week. The first week he didn't really, he didn't play because. Because he didn't have a helmet. Didn't have a helmet, yeah. Eight carries for 25 yards. That's still three yards a carry, which is not bad. He, I mean, he's looked good. Uh, why, why only eight carries? I understand that you that without Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders yeah. is your feature back. I get it. He's a rookie. He's your future. I, I get it. Something that you and I talked about a couple weeks ago when they signed Jay Ajayi was the interesting part of it is his contract. They signed him for the rest of this year, but they also put a clause in there that says they that any other team that offers him a contract for 2020. The Eagles can't have the chance to match that and keep him. Hmm. What's the point of signing him with that clause in there with the idea that you to try to make sure you have the upper hand to keep him if you're not going to use him anyway? I that confuses me. I didn't realize that that's how his contract was setting or set up. 
Right. But, like, I'm fine with him being here now because we have nobody else, really. And, like, he gets the job done when he absolutely needs to. But at the same time, like, he looks old, man. Like, you can tell. That's what I'm saying. You can tell he's just not the same. I'd rather see him. He's literally, if you need a running back and he's, like, you know what I mean? He's that kind. He's not somebody I would willingly want on my team and sign right up front going into a seat not as a number one running back but if they I want them to keep Jordan Howard and I would yeah, not, yeah. I would not mind a three-headed monster of Jordan Howard Miles Sanders and Jay Ajayi I would not be upset about yeah, that I, at I, all yeah I mean if it and maybe really a Boston here. Scott or you know yeah. whatever yeah um, and that is not Ajayi <laughs> no <laughs> Can you? Oh, I can't even imagine. Mm. But I just, but I just don't understand at this point why they sign him and bring him in. Which uh, they needed to sign. They needed somebody, especially yeah, with yeah. Jordan Howard, because you know a stinger doesn't just last as long. There's something else going on yeah, there. Yeah, which is concerning. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again. I just really hate this medical staff. I hate everything about and everything going on. And the team lying to us right about now. it. Like, come on, dude. And Bob- I don't understand why you wouldn't just tell us because worse comes to worse. Like, we're like, oh, my gosh, and we, like, are upset about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of now, people are literally con- creating conspiracy theories and all this stuff about, you know what I mean? Yes. Just be upfront with your fans. Yeah, we'll be sad, but not as sad and creating theories up as we are now. You know, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Okay, so going back to the running backs as well, mm-hmm. um, of the eight carries Jay Ajayi's had, he had six of them against Seattle and two of them against the Dolphins. Two attempts for nine yards, and one of them one of them was a one-yard run, the other one was an eight-yard run, okay? Boston Scott did not have a carry on Sunday. Miles Sanders shouldered the quote-unquote load yeah. of <laughs> what? 17. Good. So they ran the ball 19 times for, I think they had, what, 94 yards or something like that? And seven 92, times in the second sorry, half, so math. 12 times in the first half. First of all, that's that's obviously that's a terrible bounce. I just I I can't I don't understand anything from top to bottom. From top to bottom, play calling the personnel they use sometimes, the decision to release Matt Collins now. Yeah, dude, that is so frustrating. Oh my gosh. And they asked Doug about it today in his press conference, to which he said the emergence of Greg Ward and the confidence of JJ Ortega Whiteside is what allowed them to make this move. Greg Ward's been sitting on your practice squad all freaking year. So basically he said, yeah, we messed up because we didn't evaluate talent well enough, which they never do. Nope. Now we realize that. It's a dumpster fire. Like, we were talking about them being, like, on the verge of dumpster fire. We have crossed the line of full-fledged dumpster fire. Like, it's a mess. It's absolutely a mess. And it's... Unfortunate because, and I've said this to you before, I am not a person who's going to sit here and call for people's jobs. Yeah. These people are human. They have families to feed. Mm -hmm. This is their livelihood. Yeah. But if you and I screw up at our jobs as much as some of these coaches, coordinators, and players. Medical staffers. Medical staffers (laughs) have, we are fired with a capital F. This is go. They need. They need to blow it up from some. So yeah. somewhere is going to be blown up. Yeah, we had Adam Schefter on the show yesterday, and he even said it's just natural at this point. If they keep performing at this bad, he was like, even if they make it in the playoffs, it's still just bad. Everybody's got to go besides Doug Peterson, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah, and no I, one surprised me. I think that's. I don't think Doug is necessarily. 
I don't think he's going to get fired. I think his leash is still a little bit longer based on the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. Obviously. I don't think he should be comfortable. Like, no, not at all. I don't think the Eagles should allow him to feel comfortable going into next season based on, is it 15 and 15 or is it now 15 and 16 records since the Super Bowl? I don't remember which one it is. It's one of the two. I, I saw 15 and 15, but I don't remember if that was before or after the Dolphins game. But it, that's unacceptable. Someone tweeted earlier this week, I saw, you know, I, as much as it, it was a tweet that said, you know, we're the Atlanta Falcons. I don't want to be the Atlanta Falcons. They're awful. Yeah. And it's sad. It just, it's sad. It's so sad. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't believe when my plane landed on Sunday and I opened my phone yeah. and saw the score was 31 28 Dolphins. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to like walk up to the front of the plane and be like, let's put this John back in the air. Like, I don't want to be down here anymore. Let's go. I mean, I tweeted and I was like, what is going on? I got like 50 responses in a matter yeah. of minutes, which was phenomenal. I, it's like, oh, I don't even have to go back and watch any part of this <laughs> yeah. game. I know what happened. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a shame based on the fact that we go into Thanksgiving, they, we see what they need to figure out after they lose to Seattle, after they lose to New England. You just need the offense to score some points. The defense is looking great. You need the offense to score some points. Then we go into Thanksgiving and everyone's sitting there enjoying their dinner, feeling good from their food, feeling good from being with family. Then you start feeling even better because the Buffalo Bills go down to Jerry World and put in a good old-fashioned butt whooping on Dak Prescott, who looked like absolute trash, and he the did. Patriots. You get to watch Jerry Jones cry. That's always a good day. Mm. We're feeling good going into Sunday. And of course, this is what happens. Of course, this is what happens. Yeah, dude, I was so upset about that because I was with Dion. We watched the game. As soon as they lost, I was like, we got it. We got the NFC East. That's literally my thought. Yeah. And then we lost to the Miami Dolphins. Miami. If we can't beat, this is my thing. If we can't beat the Miami Dolphins, who in the heck is going to think that we could win the next four games, even though three of them are really crappy teams? They're also, I mean, they're also 2-9 and nine, or 2-10, and ten, I guess, now. But same record that the Dolphins had. But they're all rivals. Yes. It doesn't matter how bad a team is when it's a rival. Because it's a yes. rivalry that's boosting them up. Yes. So if we can't beat a team as bad as the Dolphins, which are similar to, I mean, I'd probably say they're better than Giants. and stuff, But I don't know. Like, so my theory, like, if we can't beat them, who's to say that we have a chance at the next four games clearing them all? And say they do, by some chance, win the NFC East. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be round. like, there's going to be like an 11-5, and 12-4 wild card team coming in here for the first round of the playoffs. We, like, we, yeah. it's going to be bad. We had a caller, we call him Cowboy County, on the show today. Yep. He called in. And this guy, he's obviously a Cowboys fan, but he's a good Cowboys fan. Like, he's rational. And he's talking to us, and he's like, who do you guys think, like, has the best chance at the NFC And, like, we all said the Cowboys because they're the better team, unfortunately, right now, it looks like. But, um, I know. So we were saying that. And he was the same way. He was like, oh, man, like, if the Cowboys make it, like, I don't know if I want them to make it because I'm just going to look at them get killed. Like, he was kind of saying he wanted the Eagles to go in because the NFC East is that bad. Yeah. That they're just going to get embarrassed the first round. So he was trying oh, to definitely. rationalize. He was like, what's better if they make it and get embarrassed or if they just don't make it? Well, I put it out there on our Twitter the other day. 
And, you know, not really saying, you know, either one of us is one or the other, but I put out the question, do you want the Eagles to make the playoffs at this point? Because I've heard a lot of people and seen a lot of people kind of say, not if they think they're going to make it. Genuinely, people don't want them to make it because they don't want to see this team play anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I just kind of said, you know, we want to know if you if you think so. Only 56 percent of fans of the fans voted. We had 600 votes. Only 56 percent said they wanted playoffs, and 44% said, no, I'm done. Dude, it's nuts. Like, obviously, we love football. We love the Eagles. It is dreadful when I know. It's exhausting. It's yeah, like, I literally, we wake up, we go to church, and I'm like, oh, my God. We have to go home and watch the Eagles now. Like, you and know then how go bad? back to church. You know how bad, yeah, right? You know how <laughs> bad I just want, would rather sit down and watch a Christmas movie right now instead yes. of the Eagles? It is nuts. We'll move it into this week. And, uh, and do that real fast. Yeah, we'll get that done. So going into this week, and this is something that I've said on a couple other shows this week, uh, I'm still going to go to the game. I'm still going to bundle up and go sit there, and I will jump up and down and I cheer mean, on my team. Game. It's going to yeah, be fun. It'll be fun. The energy will be there. Sitting here right now recording this episode on Thursday at 1130 in the morning, not excited. I'm yeah. like not Dude, like there are Monday night. Like I'm not overly hyped about it's it. It's a Monday night game, NFC East rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Tickets are for $50. That's crazy. $50. The other positive is, you know, I don't have to listen to the announcers if I go to the game. That's another thing yeah. I hate doing. I looked up tickets in the beginning of the season for Dion, and the cheapest one was like $215. That's crazy. And now they're $50. No one wants to see Eli. No one cares. Well, that's my thing. So, like, you can't really take much of previous this season because you don't have much on Eli. But the, I don't well, know, though. Like, that kind of makes me nervous, I think. Because yeah, yeah, Eli, this is most likely his last chance starting against the Eagles ever. It will be. Yeah, yeah his career, he's 10 and 20 versus the Eagles. He has the most losses and most interceptions thrown to the Eagles in his career. Interesting. So yeah, I know. I thought that was cool. But um, so he's gonna come out like I want to go out in a bang against the Eagles, a longtime yeah. rival, and so he's got motivation right there, which makes me nervous. I mean, his first two games of the year, I believe they were against the um. I believe they were against the Cowboys. the Cowboys and the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. I think. I know it's definitely they opened against the Cowboys. I know that, the NFCs yeah. And we had, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Buffalo. They lost to the Bills. Okay, okay. Um, But Eli threw in those two games 556 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He also was sacked twice in those games. Now, both of those teams are good defensive lines. Mm-hmm. They were, and you know, at, at that point, he didn't have Golden Tate out there. I think Sterling Shepard was hurt early in the year. Like they had no, they had nobody out yeah. there but Saquon. And Saquon, he makes has anybody. done his job against the Eagles in the, yeah. over the last year. That's my other thing. I have it written down right here. So it makes me nervous about Eli because uh-huh. he's gonna come out with a vengeance. Yeah. And then Saquon, you just always gotta be worried about Saquon because he's Saquon. He's enormous. He's he legs is. like tree trunks. Yes. It's um, unbelievable. But then at the same time, you need the Eagles to bounce back because if they are going to make a playoff push, this is the time they bounce back. They start getting that momentum and they keep riding the momentum to take them. Mm -hmm. I do have the Eagles winning. What's your score? 24-16. But I might actually add a, thinking about it right now, I might add to the New York, to the New York. (laughs) To the New York. I think I might go 24-23. Interesting. My score that I've gone with all week is 24-20. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, I have written down 24-16, but I think I just talked myself into giving 
New York, another touchdown. I just, I. So 24 23. The Eagles can't get embarrassed twice, can they? Twice, two back to back weeks. They haven't won a Dude. game since they're before their bye. It's been a month since the Eagles have won a game. Oh, and by the way, Jordan Howard still isn't cleared for contact. They've been embarrassed a lot since their bye. They should be embarrassed yes. about the Patriots because yes. they played horrible and had a chance to win. They should be embarrassed about Seattle because the same thing, they had the chance to win. Yes. And then the Miami week, Dolphins are one of the worst football teams I've ever seen in my 24 years. And Doug years said on this they're earth. good. Oh, that made me so mad. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I understand that he had to say something of that. He can't sit there and be like, well, they suck and we sucked. Like, he can't say that because then it's all of a sudden national national news that Doug Peterson doesn't respect it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> we don't need that, right? But he could have said it in a different way. And this is a, uh, my one co-host, Rob, said this yesterday. Something like, it's the NFL. Every game is a challenge. Yeah. That's better you give than... Them- Calling the Miami Dolphins a good football well, that, team. That's exactly, They're not. Well, that's the thing is like, this isn't his first media scrum. You know what I mean? Like he knows. It's not his first rodeo. No. He got it. He knows what to say. That's why it's bound. Like, did you actually believe they're good, Doug? Like, did you tell yourself that? Because. No, they didn't. And that's why they went out there and laid an egg because they all sat back after yeah, they went so up then, 10 nothing. So then he just used it as an excuse. Like, you give a team credit. You don't call a bad team good. You give them credit. Yeah, good God. Like, they played harder than us. That made me so mad, and that's what used to make me so mad about Gabe Kapler. Like, I was not really a Gabe fan. I I still don't think he necessarily deserved to be fired. I'm very happy for him Mm -hmm. getting the job in San Fran. Whatever. I don't have a problem with positivity because I try to be a very positive Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. I have a problem with blatant lies that make me feel like you think I'm dumb enough to believe your lies. Yeah. Like when Zach Eflin would let up like 10 runs and be like, oh, well, he had a really good command of the strikes. No, he didn't. He let up 10 runs. Yeah. That's a lie. You're lying to me, Doug. You're lying to me. And usually you don't act like this. And I'm starting to see more and more of the Andy Reid, I got to do a better job. Mm -hmm. It starts with me. Stop it. Yeah. Just do a better job then. I know it's hard. I know it's it's it's, it's so much easier said than done. This this isn't like a cakewalk. Yeah. Like but come on. But it's also like not rocket science to like no. Only run the ball. Let's just only run this. the ball however many times, 19 times against the worst run defense in the NFL. Like let's put an end to this combo please and then come back with positive things. How about that? That sounds like a good plan. Okay. We'll do that. We'll come back. We'll talk about what's going on in Philly, which means the Sixers the Flyers, and the Phillies doing things. We're the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ten on eight. <laughs> yep, there's the singing for the day. That, yeah, that, you just got to come back positive. There's after. no show with you involved without singing. Like, it's, I, you don't have a show with Sam Wilson unless... Which Sam is good. Wilson that means sings. I like my job if I'm singing. I guess. Did yeah. you hear me sing at all in the Eagles segment? No. That's true. Because I didn't like that part. No, but we like the Sixers. But we like the Sixers right now. And everybody else, too. But let's start with the Sixers. So they're still undefeated at home. Love that. The 10 si- and 0. 10 and 0 at home. Um, 9 and 10 in the last 10 games, obviously. Yeah. Or, no, one 9 nine. and 1. They've won nine, 9 out they- of the last 10. <laughs> yep. I know. I know where you are. I was here. We're there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they've been playing really well. Um, they sort of laid an egg in, uh, Toronto, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Joel Embiid quite literally laid an egg in Toronto. Yeah, like a goose egg, a zero. Um, and yet going into the fourth quarter, they were still, on, they were still up by one or down by one. They were still, it was still only which, a one point difference. So you take the positive out of that and that's okay. What's the likelihood of Joel being absolute poop the next time they play them or if they play them? Well, in we thought time? that when they played them in the, uh, playoffs and, um, some reason, for some reason, he did. It, why can't he play the Toronto Raptors? I don't know. I'm, I'm actually like, that's the only like really bad thing I have to say about the Eagles is where, what is Joel right now? Well, I, okay, so I will say now, unfortunately, while I was in Italy, the My Teams app does not work over there, which oh, made okay. me extremely, yeah. extremely sad because we would get home from dinner at like, you know, twelve one a.m. and that's when the game was about to start. Like we could get in bed and like let's watch mm-hmm. the Sixers for a little bit. But we dinner was that late over there. Well, we get back. At the, they oh, they eat dinner out. late. Okay. They usually in Europe they eat dinner late, and then the the difference between here and there, which I love about being over there, is when you get a table for dinner, that's your table for the night. They don't like try to like hand like they I don't actually, they don't bring you the la- like your dessert and hand you the check at the same time and try yeah. to usher you out. Like you don't get your check unless you specifically ask for it. They will let you sit there all night long. Actually, a girl that um I or that used to be in the Flyers PR team, she moved to Rome with her boyfriend. Oh wow! Yeah, and she posted something recently and was like, "I will never get used to eating dinner at midnight." Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, it it's, especially maybe just in my mind because like I wake up at three a.m. Yeah, so I'm like I could not. But no. it's it's nice that you like you don't feel rushed. You just like dinner's like it's an, like an event, which That's I love cool. because the food's also amazing. I don't know if I could do that every day though. No, it would be a lot every day. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, I mean, after that, he went on and he's gone on an absolute tear. The next three games after that, they played, um, the Kings, Knicks, and Pacers. He had 33 points, 27 points, and 32 points. Uh, so he had the, the game against the Kings, he had 33 points, 16 rebounds, and, uh, one assist two blocks. Then against the Knicks, he had 27 points, 17 rebounds, two assists, and three blocks. Then against the Pacers, he had 32 points, 11 um, rebounds, and four assists, and one block. He also was uh, perfect from the free throw line that night, Hmm. as was one Ben Simmons. (laughs) I actually came back from Italy to a text that said, while you were gone, your boy Ben became a man, which was 
accurate because he has also been on a tear since that Toronto game. Yes. The two of them have been playing extremely well. And when this... Uh, I still feel like that's my thing, though. It's like he's been quiet. Like, I don't think he's... Yes, which he's one? Joel well. or Ben? Joel, sorry. Okay. But he's just been quiet. Like, yeah, he's getting these sneaky points and stuff, and he's doing his job. But, like, I just feel like there's so much... It's not like I'm mad or disappointed, but I'm just like, I feel like there's more, and he's not living up to it. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, he could be more dominant because yeah. when, you, when you get him against, he has trouble against the better defenders. So he has trouble against, you know, he, he had trouble the other night against Rudy Gobert. It, it was a little bit more of a struggle, but when Rudy Gobert wasn't on the floor, he, mm-hmm. he was able to take advantage and he still was able to, you know, kind of do what Joel does. But he's also, I think part of it is like, I think he was frustrated with himself after that game in Toronto. And I think he was also frustrated with the load management situation. If you notice, he was, he did. He's not taken, he, he's played. Yeah. He's played since that, since that whole debacle. He came out and said, and look, but looked more aggressive. Yeah. I think he's trying to prove a point that he doesn't need it because he also called out basically the Sixers and was like, stop putting me on load management. Like, let me play. Because that was, I mean, that was a, and everyone was blaming Brett Brown for it, but that wasn't a Brett Brown call. That was was like management, like an Elton brand over the summer was like, we're going to load manage Joel Embiid yeah. to make sure he's healthy for playoffs. That wasn't anybody else but the Sixers organization. And Joel Embiid, he, I mean, he, he's a competitor. Like he wants yeah. to, like, and, and he also had, what hadn't been himself. He finally came out and was like, I'm talking trash again. Like, I want him to be him. Me too. Because and I love him. And that's why I just want him to come out and be dominant and be not quiet and sneaky like this. Like he's got points, like stats wise, he's doing good. I just feel like. Yeah. He, where you been at, Jojo? Yeah, but I, but I mean, also part of it is think about the starting five that they have now, and the the where they can get points from is across the board. Mm-hmm. Until um he got hurt a couple nights ago, Josh Richardson had been playing extremely yeah. extremely well. Yeah. Al Horford's been playing better as of late, mm-hmm. kind of fitting into the offense a little bit better. Brett Brown's paying playing paying more attention to where he plays Al and the kinds of plays he runs for Al. Um, our and boy Matisse. Is killing it. Stepping into the game offensively. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. Love to see all the terrible takes from people who were upset when they drafted him. Look at this one. Jamie Lynch said this today. Tease the season. That's phenomenal. Get it? Instead of like tis the season, tease the season. I'm pretty sure there's design tree shirts that say that. Maybe that's where he got it from. He said he got it from online. I I might need to order myself one. because Why didn't we think of that? I know. Jeez. That's upsetting. That's great. Uh, What I will say, though, something I noticed today. Um... The Sixers have some of the best features of anybody in the NBA. What I mean by that is I've never seen more perfect eyebrows than Matisse Thibel's eyebrows. Have you seen Matisse Thibel's eyebrows? I've never looked at them. I I noticed it today for some odd reason. They're perfect. Also, Al Horford has perfect eyelashes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like when I covered him for media day. Gorgeous. Beautiful. It's like he has makeup on and it's all just natural. Beautiful. It is. He has the best eyelashes in the NBA. And, and perfect skin. And they all have perfect that's, skin. That's what I'm saying. They've got Ben Simmons has perfect skin. He does. So why do they all have this perfection? And you and I are sitting over here in sweatpants <laughs> recording this show, yeah. complimenting these gorgeous men on their features. I know. I saw a Twitch video of me today, and I was like, wow, my wrinkles look terrible on a 24. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just noticed, like, I have noticed Al Horford's lashes yeah. before. It's 
Imp- yeah, beautiful. Men have the, some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful eyelashes yeah. on planet Earth. It's not fair. My dad had the prettiest eyelashes. Joe has seen. the prettiest mm-hmm. eyelashes. They're the most gorgeous eyelashes ever. And they're just And they don't there. even need them. No. And eyebrows? Like, perfect eyebrows. Perfect shape. No stray hairs all askew. <laughs> why? Like, why? I have to get mine done, like, every week and a half to keep them looking decent. They also decent. have a lot more money than us, Jess. They do have a lot so more money than us. we don't know what they're us. doing. But also, like... Matisse Thibel doesn't seem like the kind of person who's like that particular to make sure his eyebrows are perfect whenever he like. I don't know. He's an artist. Maybe he's like. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, that's something (laughs) I noticed today. So not only are they perfect on the court, they're perfect off the court as well. Want to know who else is perfect? Who? The Flyers. The Flyers are perfect too. They're perfect right now. They're on a five game winning streak. They're back tonight too. Oh, I guess if you're listening to this tomorrow, they're back yesterday. But yeah, they're on a five game winning streak. They beat. Toronto, the Maple Leafs the other night, six to one. It was and one nothing going into the third period. Yeah, and then they came back early. The Maple Leafs tied it up. Yeah, but then they just scored five unanswered, and it's nuts because Juan Carter Hart again, amazing. I love him. I love want a jersey him. of him. They're sold out, which is nuts. So everybody, not loves surprised, him. honestly. It's not. No, I'm late on the train. I guess I don't know. I'm just stingy with my money more like That's that. Fair. But, but, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the Maple Leafs. They were, like, one of the hottest teams going into that in the NHL. They yeah. still are. I mean, they we beat them. But, like, that's a big win. Do you and know what the difference is there? Between I love their coach. Elaine Vigneault. He's the man. He's He has a fire under him, and he lights it under his players. And when they are not performing up to standard... He, lets, he them lets them and everyone else know that it's unacceptable. And imagine that. And well, and that's the thing is like the other coaches, like we talked about Gabe, we talked about Doug. Like you can be like Elaine showed you, you can be a friend of the players and still be, be their coach. Like he yeah. came up and said, he was like, listen, they are great guys. I love them. They are great guys. They do this, 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 but they're not living up to it on the ice right now. And like, that's what you do. Like, yeah, you can be best friends. But when I'm paying you to be a star player, be a star player. And yeah, and to be a good coach, like that's your relationship on the ice. You can do whatever you want off the ice. You can go to Christmas Village and go skating and be best friends on that ice. But when you're on a different, like when you're in the rink, no, it's different, you know? Yeah. He's got a good mindset on it. Yeah. And I think everyone has really bought into it as well, which is what I really like it's about cool. that. And it's yeah. what you, it's, you, you clearly see a difference from last year and the year before yeah and some of the things and and it's it's exciting to watch the flyer like I find myself excited to watch the flyers and that's the thing is like even last year when I was on the morning show we just started like the flyers would win they'd have like a hot streak in the beginning and stuff right and we'd be like oh cool we would like would mention it for a second like oh yeah the flyers won yeah yesterday we let our show basically well yeah like the first two hours we let our show with flyers and that's, because and it, that's great because it's I, awesome yeah because it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has over the last couple of years. When they'd get on a hot streak, they'd get on a winning streak, but it would be fake. It wouldn't be real, and they'd fall apart, and then they'd be a mess and miserable and getting their butts kicked constantly. Mm-hmm. Dude, I saw down. this tweet um from some guy on Twitter, Rob Giannone. I don't. I'm sorry, I butchered your name if you listen. But so they obviously have a lot of key pieces, and they're playing really well together. Mm-hmm. This is nuts. Their ages, Carter Hart, 21, Konechny, 22, Provorov, 22, Myers, 22, Sandheim, 23, Lindbaum, 23, Frost, 20, Farabee, 19, Couturier, 26, Gossevier, 26, Lofton, 25. 
That's a young. That's a good young squad team. we've got going. That is. It's exciting. Not. So lower your prices so we can come see you play. Yeah. But good nuts, God. right? And so those guys, they're young. They have a chance to be together for a while. And they're starting it good chemistry now. And I just think it's very exciting for the Flyers right now. It is really exciting for the Flyers right now. And it's exciting because we've got, you know, I hope they're not. And I, we, we were talking about this yesterday as well. It's nice because every other team had such high expectations. And obviously the Sixers are still just in the mm-hmm. beginning. But the Phillies, after signing Bryce Harper, had such high expectations and trading for JT Ramuto. Um, the Eagles had such high expectations based on the talent that they had on this roster on paper. And we well, were just let down unbelievably. Yeah. But the Flyers, no one expected. No. So it's, an, it's a nice surprise. That's what I was going to say. Like, last year, I guess towards the end of, like, NHL and NBA, literally everybody, we would do, like, polls, like, who has the best chances of winning the right. next title in the city? Flyers came in dead last after last season because yeah. they were bad. And everybody had really such bad. high hopes for the Phillies and the Eagles and the Sixers. So, like, they were last place. And now they're turning it around. They might... Depending how the Sixers hold up. They're they're gaining some attention again. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm excited about it because I'll be the first to admit, I've never been super interested in hockey. I've never really been able to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I've tried. And I just, it's I don't know, it's never really drawn me in. And I, you and I talked about this year, yeah. like I was going to, we were going to try to like make more of a conscious uh, effort. Yeah, more of a conscious effort to really focus on the Flyers because they don't get enough attention. And they do have, they had a mm-hmm. new coach and they had a lot of young players that are that showed promise over the last couple years or last year, especially. And the flyers have made it really easy to give them the attention that they, yeah, like they're commanding attention and they deserve it. Yeah, they do. So that's really awesome. And then the Phillies. Yeah. They're starting to heat up. Putting emphasis on pitching. It's what I like to see. Yeah. As long as, I mean, it's a good first move. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they can't be done here. No, that's what I'm saying. Like keyword first. Yes. As long as they're not done here. I mean, they won't be though. Definitely. They said, um, like going after Didi, I can't say it, Didi Gregorius. There you go. Yeah. There we go. So like, they're going to go after like other players, like position players. But my worry is that they're going to take not as priority now on pitching, which I am not happy as long, unless they add another pretty high, decent. I need, I need Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. I need one of the two. I will not be satisfied. I don't know if I need that much but I, need I need that much but i need somebody big i need a big name okay this this is how i look at it last year this past world series the pitchers were garrett cole zach granke uh steven yeah. strasburg every team had a solid three <laughs> oh need i go on yeah they're i mean yeah i know max scherzer like the the and, and our starting pitchers were zach eflin nick pavetta Vince Velasquez, yeah, Drew Smiley, Jason Vargas. No, like, don't give me no. Don't get me wrong. I Garrett Cole, I do not see happening. He's very close with the Yankees. That's like at least right now. That's the talks. Is that's where he's most likely gonna go. So yeah. we'll see. Strasburg would be cool. The Nationals are the number one team on him. Obviously keeping him, but not, I'm trying. I'm starting to think there. about it now. Like he opted out. He had he left like a hundred mil on the table. Yeah, that's just so that he gets like more. I think. Interesting. Shop around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Raise your value. Be like, I have all these teams now. What are you going to give me? You know what I mean? But, so we'll see. But, um, yeah, Wheeler, I mean, he's got the fourth best in the or MLB based on average fastball, which is 96.7. So that's good. He's got some promise. He's been on 
good in his last two years. He has to stay healthy. But, yeah, and my thing is, worse comes to worse, and this is actually bad because I don't want it to happen, but Aaron Nola, he's always good in the beginning, fades out in the second half, and that's kind of worse comes to worse. A good thing about Wheeler is because his worse comes to worse, he's terrible in the beginning and mm-hmm. gets good in the second half. So they would kind of balance each other out. Worse sure. comes to worse. Yeah. That, obviously, that's not the ideal situation. Obviously, you want them both to be good throughout the whole thing for success. But, yeah, so we definitely need another top pitcher. Yeah, absolutely. Pitching needs to be their biggest. I mean, we've talked about this over yeah. and over again. Pitching needs to be their biggest emphasis. But right now, I like the what the, the pace they're on so far. I like that they made a big move early. Yes, and I, I like, like that. Yeah, and, and I like that that's where they're going, and I think they just need to continue. Um, And please, for the love of God, spare me the it's too much money conversation. There's no salary cap in baseball. It's not your money. If the, they, there's a reason the Yankees are always good is because they have money to spend and they exactly. spend it. Like John Middleton has money to spend, spend it. I don't even care at this point. I agree with that a hundred percent, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's talks about DD. Like we said, I don't know how I feel about him though. Like I've heard like the way Jamie and them talk. I'm like, yeah, like they convince me. Cause I'm like, yeah, I see him fitting. If he goes to shortstop, put Segura over to second. Cause he's getting older. He's had like, right ankle or knee problem or whatever last year but so like when they talk about him like yeah but then I go back I saw Didi when he was rehabbing this past year I mean obviously he was rehabbing so he wasn't 100% but he played against Dion when I was down there oh gotcha he won that series he was one for 12 he had one home run was his one hit to me like you're playing yeah I mean they're pro guys but like they're high A and you're Didi Gregorius like you granted his home run went freaking far as heck but like (laughs) One for 12. I don't know. Like, I just don't know how I feel about that. And then also, he was taking, this is just a funny story. He was taking a grounder, like, when they were warming up. And it's a low A stadium, so everybody's, like, pretty, or, I mean, high A stadium, but everybody's still, like, close to each other. Mm-hmm. So he overthrew first place in warm-ups, bombed a guy in the stands. And it was, like, the guy ended up being okay, so it ended up being funny. But, like, you're just like, dude, come on. Like, Yikes. You're a professional baseball player. I don't care if you're just relaxing. Like, Yeah, well, the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver is supposed to be professional wide receivers, and we we'll see how that's going. But it just, So I don't know how I feel about him. That just kind of put a bed. That's, but, I mean, yeah. the way Jamie and them talk about it, like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You guys convinced me he could walk, like, work in this system. He's got power and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um. So, so when we come back, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about our recipe for the week. And mean tweets, right? I don't know if we have any. Oh, not mean tweets. Sorry, questions. I'll check. But anyway, yeah, we'll see. We are the Babes on Broad on BGM Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we are back. Jess, you have our recipe of the week. I do. So Sunday, because there's no Eagles football until Monday night, just a chill day at home. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. We're, I'm going to make some crockpot loaded baked potato soup. That some sounds absolutely bacon. delicious. I'm excited. I haven't made it yet, so we'll see. Let's hope it goes well and tastes good. You kind of make me want to do it. I'm thinking about it. 
Do we do a loaded baked potato cook-off? Yes. Or maybe I'll make another soup and we'll do a cook-off. Or just fun. have both soups and just eat, right. eat them. Just have it, and then, just eat a lot. And just eat a surplus see, of soup. See who can finish their crock pot first. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Dion, he's a eater, that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I live with one of those too, yeah. believe me. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll post that recipe this week. Hopefully it's good. So our question, we have one question and it's a big one. Ready? Okay. It's a big question. <laughs> so I'm ready. Which would you prefer? Not having to watch this team get their butt kicked in the first playoff game or having to watch the Cowboys win the division and get a playoff game? Okay, first, I'm going to go with my instinct. As much as it sucks watching this team, I never want to see the Cowboys celebrate. I'm with you there. I'm absolutely with you there. So I think I'd rather get embarrassed and just take it to the chest like a man Yeah. than have to just sit there and watch him celebrate. I super, super, super yeah. agree. There's a, not, I can't, I, I hate the Cowboys. Me too. I hate them so much. I just want to all see them Philadelphia lose all the, the time. All of the time. I will never, ever, ever wish good things for them. Nope. But yeah. So that was our only uh, big question for the day. So that is our show, episode 15. Thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you follow us on the show's Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. Follow me and Sam both on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share, give a five-star rating, leave a review. We'd love to see all your feedback and and whatnot. We'll be back next week to hopefully, hopefully, hopefully (laughs) talk about an Eagles win, some more Sixers wins, some more Flyers wins, and it should be a good week as we get excited to lead up to Christmas soon. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you again for listening, and we will be back next week. Go birds. Go birds. Go flyers. Go fly guys. Fly or die. 10, 9, 8, 76ers. 10, 9, 8, 76ers. Philly